Hi there once again, and thank you for joining us here at First Love Ministries at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois. We pray that you had a blessed and exciting week. Reverend Jonathan Warren has titled his sermon today, My Redeemer Lives. The liturgist is Kathy Green. Be Thou My Vision is a special music today performed by Men's Ensemble, which consists of David, Glenn, Dan, and Matt. Our scripture reading for today comes to us from Job 19, 1 through 10, and then 23 through 29. The gospel reading comes from Mark 10, 35 through 45. Let us prepare our hearts for scripture by saying the prayer for illumination together. God of abundant life, your grace is our daily bread. Nourish us by your word and fill us with your spirit so that we may grow in faith and love through Christ our Lord. Amen. The gospel reading is from Mark 10, 35 to 45. Let us listen to the word of God. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, we are able. Then Jesus said to him, the cup that I drink you will drink and with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them and their great, great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Old Testament scripture reading comes to us from Job chapter 19, beginning with the first verse, and then we'll be skipping from the 10th to the 23rd verse. Let us listen to the word of God. Then Job answered, how long will you torment me and break me in pieces with words? These ten times you have cast reproach upon me. Are you not ashamed to wrong me? And even if it is true that I have erred, my error remains with me. If indeed you magnify yourselves against me and make my humiliation an argument against me, know then that God has put me in the wrong, closed his net around me. Even when I cry out, violence, I am not answered. I call aloud, but there is no justice He has walled up my way so that I cannot pass, and he has set darkness upon my paths. He has stripped me from my glory from me and taken the crown from my head. He breaks me down on every side, and I am gone. He has uprooted my hope like a tree. Oh, that my words were written down. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with An iron pen, and with lead they were engraved on a rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives. At the last he will stand upon the earth, and after my skin has been thus destroyed, then in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see on my side, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. If you say how he will persecute him, and the root of the matter is found in him, be afraid of the sword, for wrath brings the punishment of the sword, so that you may know there is a judgment. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be. Sure, you've had these thoughts before. I wonder if there's ever been anyone in your life who you wish could just get it. Um, Maybe it's a boss who day after day has treated you awfully. Maybe it's a bully who pushed you over the edge. Maybe it's someone who is plain mean or evil to you, to others. There are days when revenge would be sweet or that folks could get karma that is deserved to them, especially for people who really deserve it. Sometimes you wish they could just get it, that they could... There are also times when we want justice, true justice to help those who need and deserve it. In his I Have a Dream speech, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. famously quotes Amos 5.24 saying, Let justice flow like a river and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. I imagine when people are innocently charged of a crime, they rightly cry out for justice to occur. There are people who are accused of something they never do. That's when we yearn for cries out to God that need to be heard. Nelson Mandela served 27 years as a political prisoner during South African apartheid. We certainly could imagine the hatred he could have had, but didn't. Instead, when he was released, he worked toward reconciliation 
Before and during his presidency, he worked to dismantle hatred and instead worked to sow peace to a divided nation, to a divided people. It's not so easy. It takes quite a person. Today's scripture reading, we hear Job crying out for justice. Job's an innocent man who doesn't deserve his bad lot. He even is accused by his friends of doing evil in God's sight, and today in lament and, and hope, Job cries out for a redeemer. For those of you who need a refresher on Job, Job starts out with a great deal of wealth. He has a large family, and he loves God deeply. Things are pretty perfect for Job, and suddenly... Job loses everything thanks to a wager between God and Satan. In Hebrew, the word hasatan literally means the accuser. In court, it's someone who accuses someone of a crime or offense. Essentially, Satan, the accuser, is making his case before God saying, it's easy to follow you when things are good, but what if Job lost everything? Would Job still Turn to God, or would he curse you? And in response to this accusation, God says, go ahead, take away everything. Do whatever it takes. Job's faith will not waver. Job will not curse me. So Satan does exactly that and takes away everything from Job. All of his children, servants, and animals are destroyed. I know there are some... Here, some amongst us who know what it's like to lose a child. We hate it for you. It's absolutely crushing and devastating. Imagine the pain and anguish Job feels when he loses all ten of his children. Then on top of that, Job loses everything that was good in his life. Yet while Job lives in extreme anguish from loss, he doesn't blame God for it. Then God allows Satan the power to go even further. To add insult to injury, Job's inflicted with painful sores all over his body. Not only is it extremely painful, but he looks awful. He becomes extremely lonely because everyone has abandoned him. Scripture says that even young children despise Job and make fun of him. His wife abhors, abhors his breath. And his friends, in fact, I don't know why he calls them his friends, because they don't offer him the support he actually needs. When he eagerly yearns for words of comfort, he's blamed for bringing these atrocities on himself, telling him that God curses him because he deserves it. Over and over, he tries to defend himself. He tells them he hasn't done anything wrong to deserve this, and yet they continue to try to find the reason he's in this very situation. Basically, Job has no one. Nobody. His wife and the people he calls friends don't even support him. He's absolutely miserable and in excruciating pain. He's extremely lonely and has lost everything. So Job today cries out. He cries out from the depths of his being for redemption. Job cries out for justice. 
Now, a redeemer is one who pays a debt that is owed. During the time of Job, it was usually a family member or friend who would pay an owed debt. But Job doesn't have a friend or a family member who could stand up for him in this way. So instead, Job cries out to God to be his redeemer. While none of us might have it as bad as Job, difficult things still come our way. It might come in the form of a bad boss or co-worker. That person might make your life absolutely miserable. It might be the wrenching pain of a lost child or spouse or parent. Sudden death or an expected one can still bring us sorrow beyond belief. Maybe you have health problems or pain that you live with daily, the knee that constantly hurts, the coughing, the pain of those things can wear not only on your body, but also they can wear you down into your soul. While we might not be as bad off as Job, there has certainly been times in the last 18 months when we've cried out for redemption, when we've yearned for someone to help us in our need. It says in Job 19.25, the very words that Job cries out, For I know that my Redeemer lives. Job has been wronged. He's been falsely accused, and he desires justice and redemption to occur. And today he's calling out, not to a relative or a friend, but on the living God to redeem him, to bring forth justice by paying his debt. This cry that Job cries out for redemption becomes a refrain and is echoed over centuries, over generations. God's people yearn for someone to rescue them. And at some point, In our history, the living God listens to his people's cries, and he sends his son. God comes to this world as a person in Jesus Christ, someone who can understand exactly how we feel, someone who can understand the very feelings that Job experiences. Jesus experienced pain and hurt. He lives the end of his life in agony. It's through Jesus Christ that God experiences all the things that we feel. In him, God breathes. God cries. God hurts. And also, God lives. Through all this, Jesus becomes our Redeemer. He, like Job, is innocent of the very things he was charged of doing. Jesus was killed on a cross even though he was innocent. And in that act, Jesus becomes our Redeemer. God pays our debt, paying the debt that everyone's guilty of, which is being separated from God through sin. And Jesus Christ provides redemption for us free of charge And then three days later, we discover that our Redeemer never dies, but lives eternally. Jesus doesn't stay on that cross. Our Redeemer lives. 
Now, no matter what trials we face, we too can echo the very words that Job says. I know that my Redeemer lives. You may be facing trials right now. It's hard. But echo that refrain, my Redeemer lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. For we have an advocate who stands up for us. We have someone who will take care of us no matter what happens. In a moment, we're going to sing a hymn many of us know called It Is Well With My Soul. I shared a glimpse of the story behind the song. It reminds us that despite the difficulties that we face, we can live at peace because we know that Christ, our Redeemer, lives. Horatio Spafford was a 43-year-old lawyer who lived in a north-side Chicago suburb and his wife, Anna, with their five children. In 1871, his only son died at the age of four. A few months later, the great Chicago fire of 1871 consumed Spafford's real estate investments, and he lost his entire life savings. Then two years later, Spafford and his family decided to take a vacation to Europe. However, Spafford, and his, Spafford was delayed by last-minute business. He sent his wife and four daughters on the SS Ville du Havre as scheduled, promising to follow in just a few days. On November 22, 1873, the ship was struck by an iron sailing vessel, and in 12 minutes... It sank, and it killed 226 people. When the survivors of the shipwreck landed in Europe, Anna Spafford cabled her husband these six words. Saved alone, what shall I do? Spafford immediately left Chicago to bring his wife home. In the midst of his sorrow while sailing near the very place of his daughter's death, he wrote the words to the hymn, It is well with my soul. Despite their tragedy, four years later in 1881, the Spaffords moved to Jerusalem to meet the needs of the people. And through their service, the Spaffords were able to share Christ, Christ's love, Christ's redemption with local Muslim and Jewish communities. Even amidst the awful pain and difficulty that the Spaffords faced, he wrote this beautiful hymn saying, It is well with my soul. Even amidst the trials and difficulties we face in life, we too can say it is well with my soul, because we know that our Redeemer lives. Right now, let us sing this song, and as we do, let us remember Job, let us remember the Spaffords, and let us also know that our Redeemer lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The congregation and visitors can now enter through the east or north doors.
Our in-person service starts at 10 a.m. We do, however, ask that you keep your mask on while moving about in the building. In the sanctuary, there are two sections, one for vaccinated and one for unvaccinated individuals. The ushers will guide you to the section of your choice. Those in the vaccinated section can now sing without a mask. Join us at www.facebook.com slash slash and join our Monday First Press Jacks community group, which meets at 7 p.m. every Monday. This is a question, answer, and sharing group with the pastor. This is a private room, and you will be asked a few questions before entering to make sure you are a human and not a robot. Presbyterians with a Purpose is another program available at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville for individuals needing to contact someone during these challenging times of the pandemic. You can visit that link. Just visit our homepage and find the link for Presbyterians with a Purpose. We also offer a Sunday live service starting at 9.55 a.m. You can visit www.firstpresjax.org donate and make your contribution there. Or send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You also can contribute through your bank using bill pay. If an account number is needed, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. That's office at F-I-R-S-T. P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. 